Today on The Matt Walsh Show, many people, even conservatives, are claiming that the protests are mostly peaceful and uh, have an important message that we need to hear. Now, I think both of those claims are delusional and also cowardly, and I'll explain why. And then five headlines, including the retired police captain who was gunned down by rioters in St. Louis. Um, he's a black man. He was killed. Not the only black person to be killed uh, in these riots. Do their lives matter? Uh, seems to the media they don't matter very much because the media is not talking about it, but we're going to talk about that today, plus our daily cancellation and much more. Uh, but we start here because there's something that I feel really needs to be needs to be said, and I want to be very clear about this. Let me be at least one person to say point blank that I do not support these protests. Uh, I don't think they're mostly peaceful. I don't support anything about them. I don't support the peaceful elements. I don't support the violent elements. I don't support any of it. Now, given that these quote unquote protests, and by the way, just every time you hear me say protest today, in your head, apply the air quotes because I can't say quote unquote protest every single time. That'll get old. So um, given that these protests have come packaged with rioting and looting all across the country and the nation has been in the grip of, of, uh, of anarchy and chaos and arson and murder for a week because of it, and given that, in fact, uh, these BLM slash Antifa protests are almost always violent everywhere all the time for years now, you know, it really shouldn't be necessary for me to say that I don't support them. It's, it, 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 that should be a necessary thing for anyone to say, especially as a conservative. It should be obvious. And there should be nothing bold or notable about saying that. Except that what I've noticed is even many conservatives, conservative commenters, uh, pundits, just normal conservative non-media people, many of them have gone out of their way to say that while they condemn the rioting and the looting, uh, they realize that the protest itself is mostly peaceful. And uh, anyway, they support the message of the peaceful protest. It's an important message that we all need to hear. It's such an important message. In fact, just as an example of what I'm talking about, um, I got into a back and forth with a woman named Ariel Davidson yesterday. She's a staffer for, I think, Dan Crenshaw. And I have no beef with her or anything, okay? But her position here is representative of what so many people on the right are saying. And so I just want to use this as an example. So she tweeted, uh, it's possible to support the protests, recognize injustice, seek dialogue, and condemn looting all at once. It's possible. Now, I saw that and I responded, no, I don't think it's possible to meaningfully condemn the looting while supporting the protest. The looting and the rioting is inextricably linked with the protest. So that's why it's happening in every major city where there is a protest. That's not a coincidence. And then her response was, the rioters are individuals abusing the protest, which is why they come out nearly exclusively at night. You're doing ex uh, precisely what the left is doing, collapsing the distinction and condemning it all. I think the rioting is abhorrent. I think the protests are important. Okay. And like I said, my objective is not to pick on Ms. Davidson here, but I, I'm just using this as an example. As far as her saying, you're doing what the left is doing, condemning it all, I don't know what that means. The left certainly is not condemning it all. They're, they're doing the exact opposite. They're, they're supporting and, uh, and justifying all of it, rationalizing all of it. But in any case, the, the rest of that, I, you know, I've seen a lot of this from the left and right. This is another example of the right accepting, adopting, promoting the talking points of the left. And this is something that right-wingers um, are kind enough to do 
generous enough to do, even as left-wing mobs are roving through our cities, killing people and committing mass arson. You know, very generous and very kind, isn't it? People on the right we, we have a tendency to do that in general, to accept, to kindly and generously, very tolerantly accept the talking points of the left. Well, we're doing it even now, even as there are left-wing mobs destroying our cities. We're, we're allowing the left to frame it, to tell us how we should view this. The left says, no, I, I know you, well, here's what the left is telling us. Yeah, you see all these roving mobs, killing people, setting things on fire, stealing stuff, but, but uh, this is mostly peaceful. And, and, and that is how you're supposed to see this. And then so many people on the right say, oh, well, if you say so, if you say so, then that must be the case. So there are two points about these protests that I want to make here, even the peaceful variety. And let me tell you why I don't support them. Which is to say, by the way, uh, or is, it, it, that, that's to say I don't support the message of the protest. Um, it's not to say I don't support the right to peacefully protest. Obviously, I support anybody's right to stand outside waving a sign around and shouting slogans. As far as I'm concerned, you can do that anytime you want, anywhere you want. That's been my point for the last three months, even during the coronavirus. I think you have a right to go out and protest. It's, it's in the, the, the First Amendment, the right to peacefully assemble. So I believe in that. Um, I don't support your right to ransack a quick stop and set it ablaze and steal a bunch of liquor. That I don't support. But as for the signs and slogans, sure. Now, with that said, the issue with these protests is twofold. And I'm going to get to um, both of those in just one second. But before we do, I want to tell you about LegalZoom. Uh, you know, putting together an estate plan, it's not something that a lot of us, especially if you're a little bit younger, maybe you're not thinking much about it, but it is, it is something we should think about, and it's not something you want to put off. Health and safety is on the top of everybody's minds right now. No matter what happens, you want to make sure that your loved ones are protected. That's why LegalZoom continues to provide a reliable way for everyone to set up right a real estate plans without leaving your home. They make it easy, they make it uh, you know, something that, that anyone can handle. It starts with finding the right answers to your questions. You know, do you need a last will and testament or a living trust? What about an advanced healthcare directive? Uh, what's power of attorney? These are all the kind of basic questions that I know that I have, and that's why I go to LegalZoom. Thankfully, you don't have to figure everything out on your own. LegalZoom's online resources make it easy to get started. And if you need to speak to an attorney, their independent attorney network is there to guide you and advise you. LegalZoom, it's not a law firm, so you don't have to worry about expensive, billable hours adding up. They just make it very, very easy. Um, and uh, that's why you can take care of this. You don't need to go walking into a lawyer's office as daunting, as expensive as that can be. Take an important step for your family today. Go to LegalZoom.com to get started on a last will, living trust, and more. And make sure that you enter code Walsh at checkout. For special savings, that's LegalZoom.com, Code Walsh, LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Okay, so a couple things here. First of all, I have to tell you, this, this argument, the following argument seems very weak to me. This argument where you say, well, it was a peaceful protest, except for the entire city block set on fire, dozens of stores looted, store owners beaten by two-by-fours, cops assaulted with bricks, and bystanders murdered in cold blood on the sidewalk. Except for that, it was peaceful. You know, that's essentially the argument that even conservatives are making. It's delusional. If a protest that includes arson, murder, and looting, you know, if that's peaceful, then 
I, I don't know what the word peaceful means. By definition, it would seem to me that is a not peaceful protest. If you asked me to define what a not peaceful protest is, I would say, well, it's that. I mean, turn on the news. That right there, that's what it is. If these protests qualifies peaceful, then, then what does a protest have to do to be not peaceful? If mass anarchy in the streets and turning places like Midtown Manhattan into war zones, if that isn't enough to earn the label of a non-peaceful protest, then what the hell would? What do you need to see? What do you need to see before you will admit that we have a situation on our hands where this is a non-peaceful protest? Do you need, uh, do you need, do they need to set off a nuke? Do they need to literally just start nuking the entire city? Is that what we need to see? I think even then, even if they set off a nuclear bomb in New York City, you would still have people saying, yeah, they nuked the entire city and killed, uh, you know, 10 million people, but it was mostly peaceful. Except for that, it was peaceful. And that this is not just, um, one time, okay? This is not one example. The rioting isn't fringe. It isn't isolated. It's been this way for years. For years, it's been this way. Has everybody forgotten? BLM came along, and there was rioting in Ferguson and Baltimore as soon as they came along. That's another reason why we can't blame this all on Antifa. That's actually a safe thing to do. So, the, so watch out for conservatives out there saying uh, the violence is all happening from Antifa. That these are all white Antifa people from the suburbs, right, causing all the violence. Yes, they are violent and they're involved in this. Yes, that's true. But if you're trying to make this all about Antifa, then you're doing that because it's safe and you, you know what you're doing. Because, uh, I don't know, everyone, everyone else has forgotten, but I seem to remember a time when Antifa didn't exist and we had BLM protests that where there was rioting and looting and all of this stuff. I mean, I seem to remember a BLM protest in Dallas where five police officers were executed. Has everybody forgotten that? And then Antifa is born and they're, insult, they're assaulting people and rioting all over the country as well. So you've got BLM, they come along, there's rioting, Ferguson, Baltimore, um, other cities as well. And then we've got five cops being shot to death in Dallas. Antifa comes, more rioting. Now we join the two together and the country descends into full-blown anarchy. And yet people are still looking at this and going, yeah, you know, peaceful. That looks peaceful to me. I don't know. As a, to me, when I think peace and harmony, I think that. No, these, uh, these aren't peaceful protests. These are not peaceful protests that happen to coincidentally, accidentally, by happenstance, turn violent, always, everywhere, all the time, for years on end. No, these are violent demonstrations that happen to also include some peaceful people. And those peaceful protesters, many of them, the actual peaceful ones, they're not, very that, they're not really that peaceful because they support the violence. They are happy to march alongside it. Here's a quick clip uh, making this point. Here's Amy Horowitz uh, uh, interviewing some of the so-called peaceful protesters, and here's what they had to say about all the violence. The media narrative has been that the protesters and the violence are distinct. 
But the vast majority of protesters that I spoke to went out of their way to justify, in a non-socially distanced way, the anarchic orgy of violence. We're attacking big known businesses like Apple, Boost, uh, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, all of that Gucci, whatever the y'all like, you better lock your door. George this is Floyd. us saying, hey man, you're not giving it to us, so we're gonna take it. Of course. What do you expect them to do? Google, Microsoft, all that bullshit. That's all built up. That's all slavery money. If anybody's a thief, it's America. So when we take it back or we burn it down, yeah. We getting back what's ours. You won't give it up? Okay, you ain't having it no more. But it's not just large corporations that have been attacked. Many small businesses that have already been decimated by the coronavirus have been utterly destroyed. If, if, if they didn't kill a black man, their stores wouldn't get burned down. Do we have to burn it down to rebuild it without racism? Yes. And this also is not isolated. The excuse making, the rationalizing, justifying of violence. In fact, you hear basically the same damn thing from the media, from CNN. I played you the clip yesterday of a CNN reporter making excuses, making basically the same argument. Uh, Cuomo, Fredo on CNN last night said that, uh, you know, wh where is it written that protests have to be polite and peaceful? In fact, let's play that clip for you. Let's play Chris Cuomo last night. It is a sad day when we need curfews in our cities. America's major cities are filled with people demanding this country become more fair, more just, and ironically, more united. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. Persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Who says they have to be peaceful? Well, I don't know. The law? The law says that it's supposed to be peaceful? The law says that you don't have the right to go out and be violent? You know, that little old thing called the law? I know it's not being enforced right now, but it does exist. So again, the, the peaceful version of this protest, by and large, supports the non-peaceful part of it. They are two sides of the same coin. This idea that the vast majority of protesters are peaceful is so Orwellian in its contradiction of the facts, so, so uh, hallucinatory, that it really it makes me feel like I'm surrounded by lunatics. And I feel that way all the time. I feel it especially now, in the last few days, with the things people are saying about what we are all witnessing Maybe I'm hallucinating. I mean, is it, is it, I guess that's possible. That I like take some LSD and I don't know. Maybe I'm hallucinating and, and there's not actually cities on fire. I, maybe, maybe I'm the crazy one. No, cities are being set on fire across the country and everyone is just strolling by, whistling to themselves, going, oh my, oh my, look at all those peaceful demonstrations. What are you maniacs talking about? What peaceful demonstration? Here's the thing. If the vast majority of protesters are peaceful, are truly peaceful, as is claimed, there isn't going to be arson and looting and murder. How do I know that? Well, because the vast majority of pro-life protesters are peaceful. And I have been to a lot of peaceful pro-life protests. And there was none of this. None. Not a single fire set. Not a single person hit with a brick. Amazing how that works when you've actually got a vast majority of peaceful people 
and they get together for a protest, guess what happens? They march and they sing and they pray and they go home. The vast majority of Second Amendment advocates are peaceful and therefore every pro-gun rally is peaceful. The vast majority of Tea Partiers were peaceful and therefore every single Tea Party rally was peaceful. You see how this works. Well, it doesn't work the way for these protesters, does it? What does that tell you about them? Second point here. Um, I say I don't support the protests, but what about the truly peaceful ones? I mean, even if the protests themselves are fundamentally not peaceful, which, which I'm saying they are fundamentally not peaceful, it's true that some of the people there aren't burning stuff or stealing stuff, right? What about them? Do I support them? No, I don't. I don't support them either. I, my, my heart is not cheered and gladdened when I see the peaceful ones walking and marching. No, it's not. I don't support them. And, and, that's, and that, th this is where it troubles me when conservatives say that the peaceful protesters have an important message. Really? Do they? What is their message? If you think their message is just that cops shouldn't be brutal and shouldn't commit brutality, that's not their message. You might try actually listening to what they're saying. Read the damn signs. Okay, listen to the arguments they're making for what they're worth. Let them speak for themselves. That is not their point. In fact, BLM is very open about what it believes. Go to their website. They have their own website. You can go and look. See their list of demands. I did just that. It's right there on the homepage. Let me read a little bit. This is Black Lives Matter. Okay. Um, and uh, here's what uh, the Black Lives Matter website says. It says, George Floyd's violent death was a breaking point, an all-too-familiar reminder that for black people, law enforcement doesn't protect or serve, serve our, or save our lives. They often threaten and take them. Right now, Minneapolis and cities across the country are on fire, and our people are hurting. The violence against black bodies felt in the ongoing mass disobedience, all while we grapple with a pandemic that is disproportionately affecting, infecting, and killing us. We call for an end to the systemic racism that allows this culture of corruption to go unchecked and our lives to be taken. We call for a national defunding of police. We demand investment in our communities and the resources to ensure black people not only survive, but thrive. If you're with us, add your name to the petition right now. Uh, currently, we're, we are fighting two deadly viruses. COVID-19 is threatening our health. White supremacy is threatening our existence. And both are killing us every single day. Okay. So, defund the police. America is systemically racist. Cops don't protect or save black people. White supremacy is a deadly virus. Black people are killed every day by white supremacists. These are the views of BLM. These are BLM protests. That America is a racist country. That racist cops are out hunting black people. That we are fundamentally white supremacists. That there are white supremacists killing black people in this country every single day. Which, by the, means, by the way, means we should have at least, what, 365 black victims of, of, of white supremacist violence every year? That's what we should see. We don't see anything close to that. But uh, um, that's the claim anyway. And that's just the beginning. We haven't even gotten to their views on, on capitalism and everything else. And we've got conservatives saying, this is important? This is an important message? You support this message? Really? 
Now, don't, don't try to backtrack now and say, oh, I just support their right to vote. Yes, we all support. Everybody supports the right for people to march and hold signs. Well, at least now everybody supports it. I mean, for the last three months, a lot of people didn't support it. But um, anyway, I support it, okay? I've always supported it. That's not what we're talking about. When you, when you say, I support the protest, you are not saying, I support the right to protest. You are saying you support the message, which is why a pro-abortion person would never say, I support the March for Life. Okay? And if there was a, a shout your abortion protest okay, in Portland somewhere, I'm not going to say, I support the shout your abortion protest in Portland. Everybody would know what I mean by that. Right? When you say that, what you're saying is you support the message. And so all these conservatives saying, I support the message, I support, or I support the protest. I, you're saying you support the message of Black Lives Matter. You support the message that America is fundamentally and systemically racist. That cops are white supremacists out hunting for black people. Good God. I mean, I thought we believed that America is not fundamentally racist and that though some cops are bad apples, the police are not, by and large, a bunch of racist thugs out looking for black men to murder. We better think that because that's the reality. This stuff you're hearing from Black Lives Matter is delusional insanity. It is not even close to true. They have no evidence for it. These are bald assertions that are not supported by any of the facts. None of them. Don't just go along with it because they're upset and emotional. I've actually had people tell me that. They've told me, uh, they've told me well, you know, this might not be true, but, but people's emotions are true. And, and they feel this way. I don't care how you feel. The reality is the reality. If you feel like a certain thing is a reality and it's not the reality, then the best thing I can do for you is tell you that's not the reality. So if there's anyone out there that feels like cops are, uh, you know, involved in a racist conspiracy to execute black people, if you feel that way, well, the best thing I can do is, is, is tell you the good news, that that's not true at all, and there is no evidence up for it at all. Well, you just go along with it. It's, well, they feel that way. So, what And then what happens? You got police stations burned to the ground. Here's the thing. If it were true that the police that that essentially policing is a is a white supremacist conspiracy, which is what BLM believes, if that was true, then then actually they'd be justified in burning down police. They should be burning down more police stations. I mean, burning down the police station in Minneapolis would be like the only justified thing they've done. But it's not true. That's why it's so damned important to say it's not true. If we are buying into these lines and these lies, we might as well grab a brick and start smashing windows too, because we are the left. We have joined them. We have given up on the truth. We have let them completely tell the story of our society, write the narrative, and we've done it for fear that otherwise they'll call us racist. I mean, we've given up on society because we're afraid of people calling us names. Absolutely pathetic. I'm disgusted by it. Um, now, let's uh, move on to headlines. 
Number one, it is interesting that uh, a Black Lives Matter movement should be so deadly for black lives, but that's where we are now. David Dorn was a 77-year-old black man in St. Louis, retired police captain, good man by all accounts, good citizen. Uh, and, and we know that about him, by the way. This is not just like some, anytime someone dies, we always hear what a great person they were, uh, whether they were or not. In this case, you know, we, we know that this was a good man because he, he not only did he serve in, in a distinguished capacity for so many years as a police captain, he showed up in downtown in St. Louis over the weekend, despite being a 77-year-old man, you know, to try to stop looters from breaking into a pawn shop. This was a man who put his life on the line, who sacrificed his life. Hey, think about that. You, you, I'm not sure how long he served in the, in, the, in the police force, presumably for decades. Gave so much of his life to that. Retires. And if I'm him, I'm thinking, I'm retired. I'm out of here. I'm not, do, I'm not going anywhere near this crap. Okay, that's what I'm thinking as a selfish person. But him, as a selfless person, thinks, I'm going to jump right back into this. Because I'm not going to let this happen to my city. He goes out and, um, and he's shot by one of the looters. Apparently coming out with a TV. Shoot him in the gut. He bleeds to death on the sidewalk. There's video out there of it. It's, and it's heart-wrenching. It shows him lying there, bleeding, dying. Someone else, not the shooter, uh, someone else is, is filming it. Had, had already called the police, apparently. Was waiting for the cops to show up. And you can hear this man shouting at the looters who murdered Dorn, saying, basically, you did this all for a TV. You took a man's life for a TV. It's raw. You know, it's very raw. It's very powerful, uh, very hard to watch. I'm not going to play it because it's graphic and bloody as well. But if you want to see the video, you can, you can find it. Dorn was not the only um, person uh, or black person killed in the riots. David Underwood, security guard, black man, was murdered on Friday. Uh, another victim... 22-year-old Italia Marie Kelly, a biracial woman, shot by a protester. Here is Italia's sister on Facebook Live shortly after her sister was shot and killed. And here she is reacting as any sister would. I'm waiting for everyone to get on. So I know, I hope y'all know what the f*** you did. <laughs> My sister is gone. And it's not from a cop. It wasn't from no f- cop. I don't get on live. And I don't care about this Facebook sh- but my sister is gone because one of you, a protester, shot my sister. A protester, not even the police, because you guys, I lost my sister. I lost my sister because you. So I ask again, when are we just going to speak plainly about this evil? I don't want to hear about the peacefulness of it, the legitimacy of the message, the pain of the rioters. I'm so tired of hearing that. What about her pain? What about that woman? What about the pain of David Dorn's wife, whose husband led a distinguished heroic life, was a good man, and died lying on a sidewalk, streamed live on Facebook? Now, what about him? Did he deserve that kind of death? Does his life matter? All the the, the Democrats, uh, Joe Biden, apparently is going to go to George Floyd's funeral. You're going to go to David Dorn's funeral? Funeral? What about him? All these Democrats, you're going to show up to his funeral? You're going to say anything about him? You're going to apologize to his wife for fomenting the chaos that killed him? You're going to do that? No, you're not. Because you're a bunch of cowardly, scumbag, garbage people.
Number two, um, dozens of, uh, speaking of garbage people, dozens of public health experts, again, air quotes, public health experts have signed a letter supporting the protests. They said, quote, white supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19. <laughs> At a certain point, you got to laugh because, you know, I've done enough screaming already today. I'm going to have an aneurysm. Um, I mean, where to even begin? Now, the letter goes on, and there's, there's more, and it's all just uh, totally absurd. Where to even begin? Let's start with uh, white supremacy contributes to COVID-19. These are public health experts, supposedly. What? I mean, we actually begin with white supremacy is a lethal public health issue. Is it? How so? I ask again, how many people have actually been killed by white supremacists in like, I don't know, the last 30 years? Tell me. Now, yes, if you're going to chalk every single police shooting up to white supremacy, which is what BLM does, then sure, you've got, you could say that there have been, even then, it, it, it wouldn't be nearly as many as they lead you to believe. But uh, then you'd have hundreds of deaths. But of course, that is delusional and insane, once again. Contributes to COVID-19. How does that work? And aside from all of that, these are the same people who told us that if you get together in large groups, many people will die because of it. Grandma is going to die. People are going to be spreading the virus to people. These are the same people who told us that. And now they've just discarded all of that. It's like it never happened. Meanwhile, if, if, you know, if you believe Black Lives Matter and you also believe that large gatherings are going to kill a lot of people, what are you doing encouraging large crowds, many of them black, to, to, to come together? Aren't, by your own thinking, aren't you encouraging them to infect themselves and die? If you really believe what these public health experts have been saying for the last three months, and you also believe the Black Lives Matter, then what you would be saying is, stay the hell home. Don't gather. Number three, here's some, uh, some news from the Daily Star. It's, uh, it says an asteroid about the size of the, the Empire State Building is rocketing towards Earth at 11,000 miles an hour. I always wonder why these kinds of stories are always reported by like these publications like Daily Star or, you know, I mean, it just seems like this is, should be bigger news. But really, this is terrible news when you think about it. Asteroid the size of the Empire State Building rocketing towards Earth. Very tragic. It's the last thing we need right now. An asteroid that size isn't nearly big enough to do the job. Awful. Just our luck. Right when you think we're off the hook, finally, it's coming. No, that's, uh, that's not going to do it. Not good enough. Number four, here's some real good news, finally. Grindr, uh, the gay dating app, has announced that in a, in a show of solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement, it will remove the racial and ethnic filters from their site. So uh, that means, that I guess, you can't search for a particular race or ethnicity if you're on Grindr you know, looking for a date. And with this move, with this decision by Grindr, racial harmony has fallen upon the land. And all is right in the world again. And there is peace and there is understanding. Grindr has saved us all. Inspiring stuff. Number five, here's something that's also uh, supposed to be inspiring, I guess. And there was a clip like this that I played yesterday 
This one's even worse, or even better, depending on, you know, if we're talking about from a comedic perspective, then it's even better. But uh, anyway, take a, take a look at this. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. I actually died of secondhand embarrassment watching that. I died right here. You didn't see it because it was off air. And then God sent me back into this world as punishment for my sins. Because let's be honest, right now, this world is sort of indistinguishable from hell anyway. Um, so here I am again. And that video is just, I, I really think that, the, that, that we should replace the definition of cringe in the dictionary with the URL of that video. This is literally the definition of cringe. It's also the, def the definition of creepy and cultish. What we're seeing here are people without religion, without purpose, without direction, without an avenue or a channel for repentance, adopting the religion of left-wing racialism and using white guilt as their outlet for repentance. That's, that's what this is. These, these are creepy, cultish weirdos. So when you look at these protests, you know a lot of the, the, the peaceful ones are creepy, cultish weirdos. And then you've got the, the, the other ones that are burning down buildings. It's almost like the ones burning down buildings are more normal. Somehow, somehow the ones burning buildings manage to be a little bit less creepy than what you just saw there. This is, this is not it. This is just not it, folks. And it's, it's, it's not going to solve anything. And I, I, I tell you, also, um, if you're a white person, literally on your knees with your hands up, repeating whatever the Black Lives Matter uh, you know, person is telling you. It, 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 if you think that's going to save you from accusations of being part of the white supremacist conspiracy or white privilege, it, it won't. If you think it's going to save you from charges of bigotry, it won't. And if you think that when the rioting mob comes to your neighborhood, it's going to save your house from getting burned down, it won't. Just so you know, you'll lose your house like anybody else would, but you've also lost your dignity ahead of time. So you're left without a house or dignity. That's, that's, that's the situation you're going to be in. Finally, here's a bonus video I wanted to play very quickly. I just, I have to play it. Um, no setup is really needed. Here it is. I feel like this needs to be said, and I really wish that more people would connect these two dots. But black lives matter, and animal lives matter. Literally all sentient beings on this planet deserve a life free from fear, free from abuse, free from unjust prosecution. No one, whether it's a human being, especially ones with differently colored skin than yours, and animals who are different creatures than you. If it's not their time to die, they don't deserve to die. So stop killing black people and stop killing animals. Veganism, Black Lives Matter movement, it's all the same fight, all of it. And it's important, each one of them is so individually important. I really hope that people can start to connect the two. 
you know, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But something tells me this comparison between Black Lives Matter and animals isn't going to necessarily resonate like that woman thinks it will. We'll see, though. I don't know that that I don't know who that is. It's some some vegan Instagram person. I don't know. But she had she had to come up with this whole speech and say to herself, this is going to do. Yeah, this is the thing. I said, people are going to love this. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to work out for her. Finally, let's go to our daily cancellation. And today we are specifically canceling uh, this guy, Carl T. Bergstrom. He's a professor at University of Washington, but we're also canceling him for an argument that, that, that he made that many people have made. So actually we're canceling everyone who's made this argument. Carl T. Bergstrom is just our example that we're using. Here's what he said. Um, As protesters are being beaten and gassed in the streets, just a reminder that a couple of weeks ago, this was tolerated inside a state capitol without a blast of pepper spray, a raised baton, the use of tear gas, or any damn thing. Oh, and these guys had semi-automatic weapons. And it's a picture of a lockdown protester seeming to scream at police officers. Of course, this picture is misleading. Uh, He was not screaming at police officers. He was actually screaming at people behind the cops. But that part is cut out, and then and, and this that particular picture went viral, um, courtesy of the left, lying about it and saying that he was getting in the face of the officer screaming at them. He wasn't. In fact, if you look at the, at the picture, you can see clearly he is not looking at that police officer. He's looking behind the police officer. But in any case, this is the argument. The argument is that white, white conservatives were able to protest with guns, and nobody was gassed or shot. Yet these protesters are in the street right now and they're getting tear gassed and shot with rubber bullets and everything else. Isn't that racism? Isn't that bias? Well, no. Because let me remind Professor Bergstrom that those protesters, despite having weapons, didn't hurt anybody, didn't burn anything, didn't steal anything, didn't kill anyone, didn't throw any bricks, didn't bash anyone over the head with a two-by-four, didn't set any cars on fire, whereas the BLM protesters have done all of those things relentlessly across the country for an entire week and actually for years. So do you understand the difference, professor? I mean, you're the professor here, okay? I didn't even go to college. So I'm the idiot. You're the genius. Even despite that, despite my lack of a college education, I can see the difference. You've got one group burning stuff and stealing stuff and hurting people and killing people. Then you've got another group doing none of that. And so the former group gets a harsher response. That, does that make any sense to you, Professor? Can you kind of understand why there might be? I mean, when, when you've got people holding scary guns and yelling, but not actually hurting a single fly... And then you got other people over here, some of them hurting gu- some of them actually holding guns and shooting people with them, and then others holding bricks and using them to throw at people, and others, you know, holding torches and setting stuff up. Do you understand why that other group over there with all the violence that you see? It is, I don't know how else to explain it to you, Professor. I mean, the, the whole idea, anyway, that that police are being too harsh in their response. I keep using the word delusional. Uh, that's like my, that's the key word of today. But that's, it's again, delusional. Police in many cities did absolutely nothing for a week. 
and it's not their fault. I think they were they were told to stand down. They were in many cities. They were um, hands tied behind the back. But in many cities, these rioters were given a week to essentially destroy and steal and assault at will, with no repercussions. And then seven, eight days later, the cops finally show up and start enforcing, and you're complaining that it's too harsh? What do you want, Professor Bergstrom? Do you think that they should be allowed to just riot for the next year? How how long? Let me just ask you. Maybe just, just let us know. How long do you think rioters should be allowed to destroy stuff before the cops respond? Apparently, a week isn't long enough. So would two weeks do it? Three weeks? What, what are you looking for? No. The, the problem, of course, from the police response isn't that it's too harsh. It's that it's not nearly harsh enough. Not even close to harsh enough. The very first person who threw a brick in the very first city in Minneapolis, the first person who threw one brick in Minneapolis should have been immediately tackled by police and arrested and hauled away. Right away. Minneapolis should have had buses out there handcuffing people, chaining them up, and marching them into the buses if they were being violent. There should be zero tolerance for uh, violence of this kind. Or of any kind. And you you know something? That's what would happen to me. So all this stuff about white supremacy, I tell you right now, if I grab a brick and I go into town and I throw it at a person, at a building, at a car, I'm going to be arrested. I guarantee it. There is zero chance that I'm not arrested. And if there's a cop nearby watching me do it, I'll probably be arrested in a, in a, pretty, in a pretty harsh painful manner, like tackled to the street, head bashes against the concrete. Like that's what's going to happen if I do it. And yet we've got, I mean, hundreds of people across the country who've been able to do this with no repercussions. And you're saying that there's bias against them? Yeah, there is bias here, professor, but it's bias in their favor. Because again, they are being allowed to do stuff that I could never do. Despite being a white person, tell you right now, I set a building on fire, my ass is going to jail. But if you're part of one of these protests, apparently, and you set something on fire, there's a very good chance you'll get to walk away. Not just walk away, but you can walk away with with a handful of stolen merchandise. Not just that, but you can be on camera You can have your face on camera and walk away with stolen merchandise and there will be no arrest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's bias against them. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Professor. Brilliant stuff, as always, from our uh, illustrious professors at our our, uh, institutions of higher education. And we will leave it there for today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. 
Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. Here's my question for the media. If the riots that are trashing our cities are mostly peaceful, why can't we refer to the police as mostly non-racist? Makes no sense to me, but we'll work it out. And we've got the mostly peaceful mailbag, which will set your world on fire with wisdom on The Andrew Claven Show.